Hello everyone and welcome back to Point of Origin episode 20. Uh, that's right, we're not doing any weird time travel shenanigans, even though I'm always a fan of those. Uh, <laughs> turns out, we never put out episode 20. Yeah, yeah, based on the evidence it has to be my fault. I just don't know how I uploaded the wrong episode. <laughs> All I can say is I know around back then, so episode 20 was supposed to funny thing is, episode 20 is supposed to be, like, one of the last episodes we put up before we had our, um, our big... Accidental hiatus? Yeah. And I know around that time, and even when we came back afterwards, we were a little confused for a little while about what our episode number was compared to the show's episode number, and I remember having a mix-up like this for another episode, but we <laughs> caught it before we uploaded it. <laughs> No, most likely what ended up happening is I did the episode, and then when I was saving the weeks after, I obviously was in a hurry or some shit, and usually the computer says, you know, you're overriding a file, are you sure you want to do this? I probably just went, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why I don't still have the finished one. So yeah, the best part about episode 20 is not only are we doing it now, but I get to edit it twice. Yay! <laughs> That's, that's, uh, so that's your Christmas gift to you. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> a wonderful Christmas gift. Yeah, and this is our Christmas gift to you guys, our missing episode 20. Because apparently in our SS feed, we uploaded 19 twice. Yeah, you um, double the goodness there. Yeah, I mean, Solitudes was a good episode, but there, for the grace of God, is also a very good episode, so I'm yeah. sad it hasn't been up until now. And I do want to thank the Gatecast, specifically for bringing this issue to my attention so that we could fix it for the rest of you guys. Yeah, thanks, Gatecast. Now I get to edit this again. <laughs> <laughs> At least we don't have to record this week. I'm actually curious when it come, when you send me the finished file, what's going to sound like after a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I generally don't know. It depends on whether or not we were feeling good with tech that week or what. Yeah, who knows? Uh, it'll be a mystery for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even checked the file yet, so for all I know, I'll be contacting you again soon and being like, hey, guess what has garbage audio? Aww. <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> I think by that point, we had decent audio for the most yeah, part. Yeah, but two weeks ago, I managed to, re you know, record an episode <laughs> with the long mic, so mistakes happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. We just wanted to give you guys a little heads up. To explain so nobody was confused, thinking this time we messed up and re-uploaded an episode or anything. Hell yeah. So yeah, everybody, uh, enjoy the episode. 16 episodes too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll I see you it. when we get back from the holidays. Yes, uh, with, the, with episode 36. <laughs> yes, with the actual episode 36. <laughs> see right. you guys then. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> this time. I know, I wasn't ready. So, take two. Hello and welcome to Point of Origin, episode 20, the podcast where 
we get our uh, cursory fuck. <laughs> get our cursory fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on that. A cursory no. fuck sounds okay. like your average Wednesday night. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> the, the royal you's average Wednesday night. I even knew what I was gonna say, and then my brain just completely blanked out. Yeah, that's a fun moment. Yeah. Well, you take three. Yeah, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna go for. Okay. Hello and welcome to Point of Origin, episode 20, the podcast where we get our required mirror dimension episode. Oh, the requisite mirror episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's literally a mirror dimension episode. <laughs> oh. And you, you just know. You get it. You just you know get in it. the writer's room they were so proud of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I can literally see, you know that little manic elf face that Eric gets when he tells a pun yes. that he's going to slaughter me? Uh-huh. I picture a room filled with them. I don't remember. Did anyone have a goatee? Because if they didn't, I'm disappointed. No, last one had a porn stash. No, no, I mean, I mean, like, in the mirror. Uh, the mirror dimension. I like to think about that porn stash. I know, it's bad. You for the 90s, that was atrocious. Uh, no, I honestly don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. We'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye out for goatees when we watch this. If there <laughs> is one, I'm going to put my money on Tilk. Fair enough. Alright, so, um... <laughs> I'm Mel. And I'm this. So yeah, uh, today we are going to be watching episode 19, There But For The Grace Of God. Oh, I, I knew you were going, I was watching you, waiting for you to say it. I, it was a battle. You saw that just the yep. words, I knew it was my eyes were just... So, the official synopsis for this episode, a mysterious mirror transports Jackson to another dimension. Suddenly... He finds himself on an alternate Earth that is under attack from the Gold Wolf. Jackson foresees the same cruel fate awaits his Earth. Can he return to his dimension and save the world? Somehow this is the most egregious one I've read so far. That last line pisses me off. It's so horribly... Grandiose. Okay, it's grandiose. It's also really stilted, the way it's put together. It's just Calm really down, stilted. Guys. And also, they're missing commas. There's no comma after suddenly. That pause I put in after suddenly, I did that myself. They want me to read this. Wait. Suddenly, he finds himself on an alternate earth. There's an under attack from the goal. Oh, look at that, huh? These have to be written by fifth graders. I don't under... Like, it, it, it's such short, stilted sentences that, like, don't really communicate anything. It's bad. Yes. It's bad, guys. Yeah, I, I, I love that they literally use, like, even Star Trek had the decency to use a transporter accident as the They cause. literally just have a magic mirror. Like, guys. A magic on. mirror with a remote that you can dial all through universes oh. with. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, that's it. Alright. So, that's it. Uh, we're gonna go watch it. We'll be back. And we are back. We are. The good news is, is that it's now late slash early enough in the morning that I, uh, we'll get into this pretty quick, I think. <laughs> and it was a very good episode. It was... A lot happens in a short time. Yeah, there's a lot packed in there. And it just, it's kind of a melancholy episode, so it always kind yeah. of... It's a bit of a downer for me. Oh, yeah. It doesn't end great. I mean, it's, it's a good episode. Yeah, it's don't, a good episode. I don't want to yeah. say it doesn't end great. It's like, the other kind of downer. Mm-hmm. It was so funny because about, like, about halfway through, I was going, am I remembering this wrong? And is, is the next episode, like, still him in this side of the world? Because it felt like it was never going to end. Right? Not in a bad way. Not like, in a 
there's so much happening. I don't know how you're going to fill this in. But, but yeah, so um, that was episode 19, Better for the Grace God. It is uh, directed by David Wary Smith, who is a new face on our team. Good director, though. Yeah, he does really good zooms. Yeah, I know it seems like of... a stupid thing to comment on. No, that was a... I, I like close-ups when they're done right. And he did them appropriately. Yeah, there and was not, also like, super swoopy. It wasn't like dramatic. It was, was dramatic without being dramatic. Yeah, and there was some good um, just scene directing choices too, like that one at the end. That one's excellent. I forgot about the silence mm-hmm. part. That was like I said, it's it's very uh, melancholy. Also, it says a lot that there are quite a few shots from this episode that are in the opening. Yeah, parts. I know. I was noticing that too. It's because they are very, it's very dramatic mm-hmm. in that aspect too. So it highlights the character in a nice way. Yeah, uh, so this is another one where we got two names for the writer. You've got the story itself was developed by David Kemper. You say it's the first time... It's the first time. That it's name definitely a name we've heard before, yeah, but not here. Uh, but the teleplay itself was done by our good old friend, Robert C. Cooper. Hi. It's always good to see his name. Yeah, he did a great job, as usual. Uh-huh. We always know that if we get an episode by him, it'll be good. Okay, so the episode opens up with Team walking through a gate, like always. But this time they don't come out in the woods, like always. They come out in a warehouse. Yes, the warehouse uh, is the same uh, as robot from... Why can't I think of his name? Tin Man. Tin Man. There we go. Uh, And always you can tell is the struts and the Mm -hmm. last work on top of the building, but... You, as you point out, they did a great job redressing it. They always do. Yeah, they've they've used that setting at a least lot. three times so far. And they're gonna use it a lot more. <laughs> if it works, it works. If you have a giant warehouse at your disposal, you gotta use it for Absolutely. big ass sets. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. No. Well, what's great about this setting that they come through to is, it, you know, it's not outside. It's not in the woods. It's not in like the plains or fields or whatever. It's not obviously just one more part of Canada that we've seen a million times before. Yeah, it's inside a warehouse. It's clearly a warehouse that at one point was like full of activity because mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of like half abandoned projects and like coils of wires. Yeah, spools of wires. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but there's like nobody there. Like there's clearly a lot of old activity here, but there's no current activity. And in fact, um. When they're investigating their surroundings, Teal'c finds some evidence of gold um, staff fire. He says it's old. And then to them, that translates as, cool, let's venture further. Uh-huh. Jack sends Daniel and Sam to go investigate a nearby room for some reason. Is it before or after they find the, the creepy... That's as they walk away, oh, okay, cool. Jack finds that thing. Um, oh, the, something important to note. When they first walk through, Daniel is recording everything on a camcorder. little camcorder. This Which is he very has yet important. to have displayed yeah, exactly. the activity of his. To be fair, point. he uses it later in the show, too. Yeah, but retroactively doesn't fix the fact that, oh. guys, I get it. Not to mention, but mention the retroactive is another one where having video evidence actually helps. <laughs> True. I just, it, it's, it's a little too happenstancy. Yeah, no. Absolutely. He only he only records scenes when it actually helps the narrative. But it's, it's a small thing, so I don't care that much. <laughs> obvious crutch is obvious. Yeah. But yeah, he's recording the scene. Jackson, Sam, and Daniel out off to another nearby room to do some cooking. While they go away, as they're walking away, Jack and Teal'c find this creepy little, like, flat totem. Yeah. Face totem. Thing. There we go. That's good. But it's like a flat one, because it's not... It's, it's not bizarre. Yeah. Uh, 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 visage. There we go. There we go. And it's just, visage. like, set up in the middle of the room. And Jack's like, uh, do you know what that is there for? 
proverbial uh, skull left in the huh. prairie to warn mm-hmm. poisonous water and shit like that. That's yeah. what they used to do. They'd leave the skull behind as a warning to others. Hey, this fucked us over. Hope it doesn't fuck you over. <laughs> but this is a more mean version. This is a, hey, guess what we did? Yeah, Be so Teal'c uh, says that it is a gold warning. It basically translates to turn back. And it's placed in a location after the gold have raised um, a location to the ground. And irradiated the and, surface. Yeah, and irradiated. So basically he's like, hey, this whole place is, uh, you would call it, radioactive. So Jack's like, okay, we need to leave. <laughs> yep. Uh, they go to find Sam and Daniel to grab them and take them back to SGC. Snatch and grab Meanwhile, Sam and Daniel are in what is clearly, like, a museum workspace room. Like, you know those rooms in the back where they're um, fixing things up before they put them on display? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name. Restoration? Um, Thank you. It's clearly like a restoration room for a museum. I really like it. I really like... Preservation room, also. Yeah, there we go. Preservation. I like that there's there's nobody alive on this world. And And there's not even any... There's not even any... Could be like airtight. As soon as I said it, as soon as I said it, I was like, wait, what if it's hermetically sealed? Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, And there's not even really all that much writing, but still, from just the scene dressing, we get so much about these people. I just like it. It's really smart scene dressing. We get a lot about these people just from that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, actions can speak more volumes than words, Mm -hmm. and you don't need to go overboard, and it's a gracefulness. It's executed well. Yeah, and, and in this case, it was. Yeah, I just like I said, it's it's not really a, it's not so much that it's a somber episode; it's a melancholy episode, yeah. as I mentioned. Everything has like that different kind of weight, mm-hmm. so it really, this kind this is the shit that weighs me down. Yeah, and ugh. and so all these things leading up to it have a different light mm-hmm. in retrospect, no, and I enjoy it for what it is, but it kind of hurts. No, absolutely. So yeah, so um. Daniel is excited by all the artifacts he's finding on the tables and everything. Uh, and just when he's about to like start digging into it, Jack comes in and is like, Hey, we're leaving. And Daniel's, of course, like, But I. But, but Jack! And the problem here is that Jack doesn't take two seconds to explain to Daniel this place is radioactive. Right. Two seconds. Yeah. He just says, We're not arguing, we're leaving. Yeah, bye. Nope. Not bye, but. And and on top of this, not only does he not take two seconds to explain this problem to Daniel, but then he just assumes Daniel's going to follow him. Yeah, he knows who Daniel is as a person. Every now and then they display some extremely uncharacteristic behavior. And it's mostly for the sake of convenience, and that's what's annoying about it. Because it doesn't make sense. But yeah, so they all leave, and Daniel decides to take 30 seconds to, to shove, yeah, to loot, to shove artifacts into his bag. Otherwise known as being an archaeologist. Yeah. Sorry, no offense to actual archaeologists. We're talking like Indiana Jones. Exactly. This belongs to the museum. Our museum. <laughs> to be dictated by white heterosexual um, males in the military industrial complex. I'm so glad you said that instead of me this time. Thank you. But yeah, and then he finds this ridiculously plasticky right? The little remote thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a plasticiness of I it don't, is what's unfortunate. I don't understand why they... Whatever. He finds this little remote thing, and then from that finds the mirror that it's attached to. And there's some really good um, camera work where the camera pans around him standing in front of the mirror 
to reveal yeah. that his that reflection cool. is not in the mirror. Yeah. It's it real good. It was very uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, good. and it's a nice, and this pan is just nice and slow and smooth. But clearly, like, without moving in, delves into the mirror mm-hmm. aspect, so you really get the whole feeling and effect. Like, you get when you are looking between two mirrors, yeah. and you're seeing that doubling effect, that the tunnel that that uh-huh. leads forever. That creepy, spooky feeling of it, you're getting that. And they, they directed that very well because yeah. it purposely invokes that feeling. Oh, and it's like extremely successful. What I get from David Wary Smith from this episode, at least, is there's no, there's no like big crazy tricks or whatever, but there's a lot of just smooth confidence. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. But yeah, no, Danny went through the looking glass and uh, so, this is what he found, saw there. Yeah, so uh, he touches the mirror. And I wish, you know I wish a podcast could convey the power of my eye roll. You know what I love about this, though? Is that in eight seasons, he's going to be chewing out Cameron for touching things. It's and like, then immediately oh, touching himself. I know. That's, and, then, and then Cameron's like, you you just said not to touch it. And Ninja's like, well, I can touch it because I know what I'm doing. I've touched many things. <laughs> It's good. So yeah, so he touches the mirror, and you know what? We talk a lot about how bad the CGI is in this show. Yeah. Because it usually is. It's usually quite terrible. The CGI they use to show that something happened when he touched the mirror... Wasn't that bad. It honestly holds up, I think. I think it holds up quite well. It has this interesting, like, data copying effect look to it. That's exactly what that's I thought. That's exactly what you're yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're Xerox. Yes, it looks like you're Xeroxing a person. It's really interesting. I thought it was really good. I'm just thinking of Inside Out with the, with the uh, copy machine making the Teen Crush idol. They're all just falling into a giant pile of uh, boy band nonsense. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I thought it held up really good. So, he... You know, has the little zap thing happen. Zapper. Uh, walks away from the mirror, starting to talk uh, to his team as he walks away. Runs off the stuff. Yeah. Seriously. He's just used to it at this point. <sighs> and then he finds that nobody's in the room. Yep. But he walked out to where his team should be. Because, like, right, be- oh, right before he touched the mirror, like, a second before he touched the mirror, Jack called for him. Yeah. To, like, hurry up. And then he touched the mirror, and then the effect <sighs> happened, and then he rushes out, like, ah, fine, Jack. Only to find that Nobody's there. Yeah. And I like how he just looks and the camera like purposefully pans to look at the completely dead gate. Like there's no after effects of it having been dialed or any. It's like nobody's been there in forever. It's very obvious that this is an unused gate that it's yeah. looking at. This whole area hasn't been touched in a book quite a while, it seems. And Daniel just stares at the gate and goes, I really hate when this happens. <laughs> like, I know he's like, Worried, probably a little scared, you know, like wondering what's happening. Mostly just annoyed. Right, and then he's just it's like, fuck. All right, let's do this. So many things happen to SG One. He's just so used to it. He's just so resigned to shit <laughs> happening. It's just too funny. Um, so he dials home on his own, and uh, he's immediately greeted by guns in his face. Yeah, I do like how he very rarely goes through the gate back first, almost, but he does that. For convenience sake, mm-hmm. of course, in this shot, because he comes through looking back at the gate and, oh, that's weird, turns around, oh no. <laughs> Everyone's in, like, combat gear. And the um, embarkation room looks remarkably bland, because mm-hmm. it's just the blast door. You don't see anything. You just yeah. see this concrete room filled with soldiers, and you can hear Walter's voice. Yeah. But that's about it. That's the only contact you have beyond it. Mm-hmm. 
and they clearly don't recognize him. They're asking him to identify himself, asking how he got through, yeah, all this stuff. And Daniel obviously doesn't know what the heck is going on, and he's, you know, trying to be like, I'm I'm from SG1, you know, obviously, like, doing all the stuff, like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, where's my team, blah, 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 blah. He uh, finds Hammond and calls him uh, General. And Hammond has this great where he's like, do you see any, he just looks at, do you see any stars in this uniform? And it's, and I'm just like, Hammond, he doesn't know fuck all about the military coding. What are you asking? Yeah. <laughs> I do love that, that like sometimes they're just like, Daniel, what are you talking about? There's no, I don't know. I don't know the difference between Colonel and General. It's like that trope alien comes up to like a plain clothes officer and says, officer, and they go, it's detective. Like, Everyone knows the phrase police officer. Mm-hmm. They're civilians. Knock it off. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hate that trope. It's that kind of feeling, though. It's almost in the opposite direction, because he's actually down. Uh, not a general, yeah. general. He's a colonel. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Definitely not anything. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to know the backstory there. Uh, you know what? I honestly have a theory about what it is, mm-hmm. and I'll get to it in a minute. So, he gets brought into their medical wing. To get scanned to make sure he doesn't have a larva on his head. <laughs> and during that, they sedate him. And so when he wakes up, he's in one of their little barracks prison rooms. <laughs> and Catherine comes in to talk to him. And Daniel's like, I don't, what, why is Catherine here? <laughs> and like, he's greeting her and everything. And Catherine's like, I don't, what? Why are you talking to me so familiarly? And Daniel's like, you don't know who I am? She's like, you're Daniel Jackson. I know who you are, but we don't know each other. Right, there's a difference in the knowing yeah. there. Basically, through a conversation with her, Daniel's starting to figure out that, like, what the people here know and what he knows seems to vary wildly. Yeah. Um, but he's still not quite landing on an answer, which, fair, I, I, I actually, I will give this show credit for how long it takes him to come up with a theory. Right. And it's not too bumbling. Like, no. Too often, like, not like the specific type of storyline, but there's that thing where it's like the obvious, mm-hmm. the guffin, whatever it is. The obvious thing is obvious, and everyone's stumbling around like, oh, I wonder why in the world that could be. It's, it's like, guys. Yeah. But this doesn't actually, this doesn't do that at all, so. Well, I also thought it was really striking at one point where he's like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Because yeah. we do get a later episode when that is the issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oof. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it's basically just a whole lot of him, like, talking to people and trying to figure, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't have enough of a basis to figure that out, especially because he's not a hard science person. No. But at one point when I was talking to Catherine, he mentions, oh, because he tells Catherine she shouldn't be here. Yeah. And she's like, excuse you? And he's like, no, I mean, you're retired. They made you retire. You're, you're living at home happy with Ernest. And that's the moment she starts taking him seriously. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, this crazy person got into our base somehow. The moment he brings up Ernest, that's where we're like, that's where she's like, oh, maybe I should listen to what he's saying. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get this works. And in fact, the next thing we see is Catherine going to find Jack, also in combat gear, mm-hmm. and going, hey, you need to talk to him. <laughs> and, yeah. he's, and then he's like, we don't have time for this. We, we have a battle to plan for him, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, how much time do you have? Because he knew about Ernest. Yeah, that's. I've always had such a soft spot for those kinds of storyline things where the person who you know knows too much kind of thing 
the whole revealing of the, yeah. dra- the deep I love it. No, I, I always love it. I love all of his little reveals in here. I even like that, um, oh, what was the one, uh, the, the Cold Lazarus one, where, um, oh yeah, Cold Lazarus, no, no, Tin Man, mm-hmm. Tin Man, where Jack was using his knowledge of Hammond's family yeah. and, like, uh, all of that stuff to mm-hmm. prove that he was himself. Yep. There's, like, I, I love Tin Man. But that one was a lot more, not even forced, but it wasn't as natural as It was very how, overt. It was very yeah, in your face. It wasn't as natural as how how Daniel's information comes out in this episode. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes to soft. Robert C. Cooper. Yeah. I think it comes down to Robert C. Cooper and Shanks' delivery. Yeah. Like, between those two, it just comes out very naturally. It doesn't, he's not trying to prove that he knows these people. He's just telling information. I like it. Oh no, before he mentions Ernest to Catherine though, I, I wrote down in my notes, Daniel explains the movie to Catherine. <laughs> he just does a really quick recap of the movie about how he got involved with the, with the Stargate. Yep. And then he mentions Ernest and all that stuff happens. So Catherine gets Jack to meet with him, and Daniel is like trying to talk Jack into believing him about anything, even though Daniel doesn't even know what he's trying to make anyone believe at this point yet. Um, but he pauses in the middle of his talk and goes, where's Teal Cat, anyway? Yeah, like, hey, where's Tall, Dark, and Silent? And they're like, who? And he describes Teal and says, and ends it with gold in his stomach. Yeah. And they're like, a Jaffa? With, with such a fond smile. Uh, I guess fonder the second time around uh-huh. he does it, but the first one's like, yeah. gold in the stomach. Casual fondness. And, uh, and they're just like, a Jaffa? Why would we have a Jaffa here? And they're like, no, 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 he didn't say Jaffa, he said Jaffa. Jaffa. Because nobody crosses shit right here. Yeah, I know, I know. So when when he realizes that Daniel's saying that uh, Jaffa is their friend, he's like, "All right, I'm leaving." Yeah, um, out of here. And as he's trying to leave, Daniel again mentions the movie to Jack this time. Yep. And in that mentioning, brings up that he was going to commit suicide. Yeah, that he they sent a oh basically he goes, "Did you send a bomb through to Abydos?" And from that, and that gets that's enough for Jack to pause, and then Daniel like lays out the whole plot of the movie with Jack's side of things, and says, you know, it was a suicide mission, I know it, and you were assigned because of your son who killed himself with your own gun. And uh, yeah, that, there's that look on Jack's face about, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, now we have to listen to you, because you know information you shouldn't. Right. Um, speaking of, this is the moment where I have my little headcanon about, because Hammond is a colonel in this world, mm-hmm. and Jack is a general. Yeah. I'm assuming because you successfully pulled off a mission. I'm assuming it's because of the ab- blowing up Abydos. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Although that would just the reason why I have a harder-ish time wrapping my head around it is that I just kind of always assumed Hammond had been a general for longer. Because the thing is, they may have decided he was retiring. I mean, he could have been made general and then decided to retire. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 there's nothing really wrong with yeah. it. I, just, I guess I just always had the feel that he'd been a yeah. general for no, longer. I, well, that's because he's just meant for for leading. Yeah. So yeah. So in. Once they're like, oh, well, we need to start listening to this guy, then Daniel goes on to go, I bet you didn't even go to Chulak either, that's why you don't know who Teal'c is. And they're like, Chulak? Well, they say Chulak. What is with their butchering of vowels? They're like, Chulak? He's like, yeah, the, the Jafal homeworld. And they're like, wait, you, you know the address to the Jafal homeworld? He's like, yeah. They're like, can you write it down? Yeah, sure. <gasps> they love pretty pictures. Yeah, sure, I'll write that down for you. And I, I, I turned to you when we were watching this, and I'm like, season four, Daniel never would have done this. Yeah. Season four, Daniel lost Dan- most of his diameter. Season one, Daniel is so naive. He's like, oh, you want to know an address? Yeah, sure, I'll write it down. Season four, Daniel would have been like, 
Why? <laughs> they just write down the address, they take it, and don't mention why they took it, and just walk out. Sam shows up, who is is not in the military. She is just a PhD doctor. And she has long hair. And this is where we were talking about in um, our little buffer episode about how this hair looks much better than the awful wig that they show in the featurette for her. It's because this one's always seen one of those clip-in hair pieces that you yeah you can tell do because for a temporary fake ponytail or whatever. It's it's subtle. I only noticed it because I knew to look for it. But you can tell that the front of her hair looks a little bit realer than the back. But yeah, it's much less obvious and much more natural and normal looking. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mentioned like actual that, like, hair for a person. I mentioned that like the roots seem darker than the rest of the skin, not skin, hair and everything. Yeah, yeah it just it looked better. Uh, so Dan- Sam takes Daniel to explain what the heck is going on in this world, and basically that they are under worldwide attack from the gold. And she shows him this map of destroyed cities. Yeah, it's not pretty. No, it's a lot of the globe. They don't focus on it, you can see the map in the background in a couple of shots, and you can see the red just beginning to encroach upon the east coast mm-hmm. of the United States. So. Yeah. Yay. And she shows him that, and then Daniel goes off to, like, sit and chill with Catherine in a room for a little bit, and they're, like, looking over his stuff that he came through the gate with, and specifically, like, the artifacts he pulled out from that world. And um, she's like, oh, did you get all of these from that world? Is all the stuff from the world you just came from? And his line is, well, aside from the gun and the grenade, yeah. And my only next note is, who gave Daniel a grenade? I know. I feel like he pilfered that. It's bad enough they let him hold a gun. I understand they need to have him certified in guns if he's going to be a first contact team. I understand that, but who gave him a grenade? I have to believe it's a flashbang. I have to believe it's not a real explosion grenade. I think it's a smoke grenade. Duck and cover, Daniel. Just throw this, it smokes up the place. Don't throw it at your feet. <laughs> so, uh, Catherine finds the remote, and Daniel starts explaining the mirror to her. And while he's talking about the things he found over there, they see activity happening at the gate, and Daniel figures out, oh, they're sending a nuke to Chulak now, too. <laughs> And he tries to argue against it. He's like, um, these people are slaves. They don't have any choice. But Jack actually gives him an opportunity. He's like, give me one good reason not to do this. He actually, like, genuinely pauses and waits for Daniel. But it's season one, Daniel. He doesn't, he doesn't have he doesn't that. He speak Jack yet. He doesn't speak military Jack. Yeah. And so he says that these people have no choice. And that's, that's not an answer to Jack. So he sends it through. And then that's enough for Daniel to just be like, this is insane. What the heck? Where did I end up? And this is when, this is the moment where he goes, maybe something happened with the gate and I wound up in an alternate reality. And Sam immediately goes into brain twin uh, fever with him and starts going, oh no, it couldn't be the gate. That's not how it works, blah, blah, blah. And starts just babbling about alternate reality theory. It's great. I love it. Because... Daniel doesn't know any of this hard science stuff, but they still manage to have that real quick back and forth ping pong yeah. conversation. It's real good. I it's love a, it. It's good banter. It doesn't matter that he's in an alternate reality and he doesn't know this Sam. Yeah. They still manage to fall into that flow. I have to imagine they got on really well um, oh, yeah. when they weren't filming oh, for yeah. them to have that kind of chemistry. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you saw that in that featurette. Yes, where he's just like poking at her, her nose. <laughs> it's like, oh god, honey. <laughs> it was cute. Um, so they, they talk out the science to figure it out, um, and Catherine is the one who goes, well, maybe it was the mirror you were messing around with. 
Maybe. I like that like everyone comes in with a little bit of information to help figure this out. Daniel Daniel does his requisite job of floating a random theory that he has no scientific basis for. He's just the ideas person. Sam comes in with the science behind it, and Catherine comes in with the reality behind it. I love it. It's a great setup. So they're, you know, they figure out, okay, you're probably from another reality. Um, meanwhile, they're trying to uh, get the evacuation stuff finished. They have, like, set groups of people that they're getting to an off-world site um, to safety off the world because there's no saving this world at this point. And they're just dealing with those those details. So Daniel's forgotten for a little bit, so he goes up to a corner to check on a computer sitting over there. And just to check on himself. <laughs> yeah. And he types in his name and finds out that his last known location was Egypt. Goes to the map. Sees a big ol' red spot over Egypt, which makes sense because that's the last known location for the gate. The goal. Yeah. Plus Paris is a city, so just added benefit. Yeah, the annihilation. I just f- figure Egypt was probably the very first place they hit. Oh, probably like one of the places. Yeah, like, there's just you know, Cairo just also happens to be something oh, yeah, next to the pyramids, like literally right there up to the pyramids. Absolutely. So. Um, and I I love the delivery here because he just just really calmly, very just kind of like just goes, oh no, oh he goes, uh oh, <laughs> and yep. Sam's like, what? And he's like, I, I think, think I'm, I'm dead. dead. <laughs> Casual. I think I'm, I'm dead. dead. <laughs> and that's the beginning of him just being, fuck. Because Dan Jackson always dies. And life is a fucking nightmare. Dr. Jackson will die when he sees this. What? what? Again? Oh, again? <laughs> was it already? <sighs> oh. So, meanwhile, the they were trying to get the president to SG. It's called A here. Not yes, SG. Yeah, like starting an alliance or something. I'm thinking. Something like that. Um, administration. Yeah, um, and while they were trying to evacuate the president, the ship he's on gets overtaken and destroyed. And the course it was on is enough to tell the goal where SGA is. And so one of their giant pyramid ships lands on top of the mountain, just like it did for the pyramids in the movie. And Jack wants to send all, he calls it um, non-essential personnel, um, off-world, to that the beta site, uh, which he's saying, you know, Sam, Catherine, and then he even makes point, and our visitor. Yeah, and our visitor. Like, he, like, I like the fact that he's already at the point where, like, no, I have to protect this, this man-child. <laughs> Accurate. Well, Daniel's already given him a lot of really big, blue, wide-eye looks, so he's already like, oh, child. <laughs> While they're talking about that, suddenly the gold are dialing, dialing in from off-world. Mm-hmm. And if someone's already dialing, and they close the gate so that they can't get through and everything, but as long as the gate is open in that direction, they can't dial off-world. Yes. And Sam points out that this is a problem. And I love that Daniel points out, yeah, they're probably doing that because you Sent a bomb to <laughs> Yeah, they're not, probably not too happy about that. Um, weird thought. Yeah, they didn't respond well. And Jack does give him a sour look for that, which I like. Uh, and they're basically like, okay, well, we can only keep it open. <laughs> I know why David Cumber sounds familiar. Oh no, is it good or bad? It's amazing. Oh, okay. One of the main writers from Farscape. There you go. I knew the name sounded familiar. Blackheart. Moving on, continue. Okay, so, um, 
they're like, okay, well, we can only keep the gate open for about 30 minutes on our side. We just assume, we can, we can tr- hope to assume that the same is the case for them over on that side with the DHD. Um, so they're like, we'll, we'll have a chance to dial out, we just have to wait. Uh, in the meantime, um, Catherine decides to show Daniel a recording that they picked up, uh, like a radio uh, signal being yeah. sent out from the world that Daniel mentioned he came from with the mirror. And he's listening to it, and he recognizes it as Aldous. And they're like, wait, you know what they're saying? And he's like, yeah, well, I learned what it sounded like on Abydos. <laughs> Another little dig at the fact that they just sent a bomb through to Abydos. He's like, yeah, I fucking went through and learned it. <laughs> I apologize. I was wrong about one thing, but this is not the same set from Tin Man. Oh, no? The opening and closing scenes were shot at a high-voltage resonance test set. Whoa. Owned by the Powatech Company, Power, oh no, that's the name of it, Powatech Company near Vancouver. Huh. Damn. Sorry. It's like cool. tangent, though. No, it's yeah, great. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, so he's listening to it, and basically he figures out that it is a warning message saying, uh, beware the destroyer, they come from, and then it's a series of beeps. And Sam says, yeah, we figured out they were groupings of numbers. And so she lists off a set of numbers for him, and he writes those down on his message as well. And figures out, oh, that's six numbers. That's an address. And I, seriously, it's like, six, that's six numbers. And they're all like, yeah, and six. I, I, can, see the, I can see him trying not to do the duh, dumb yeah. face. The dumb face of, and you know what a Stargate is. Yeah, but they didn't right? have Daniel actually having the... The, the good translation from the beginning, so I, I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if they don't like they they know how to like okay we need seven of these to dial through and everything, yeah, but I can honestly the, see yeah, one for the point of origin. I mean it's a thing. I know, but like he was the first one to show to point out what each of those symbols was. Yeah, he was the one who showed. Six of these originate a point we're going to. The seventh is where we came from. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one who actually explained that. Yeah. So, like, maybe in some weird, like, where they're, like, overthinking it scientifically way, they never settled on that very simple way of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. All I know is, if they had figured that out three months ago in their timeline, they might have saved themselves exactly. a lot of fucking yeah. genocide. But, you know, whatevs. Also, weird sad fact, Elizabeth Hoffman, Hoffman, who plays uh, Catherine, mm-hmm. that was her last ever screen role. That's really upsetting. And this has been updated very recently, because it literally says, as of 2019. Oh, dang. It's like, wow, somebody's keeping up with this. Yeah. So, yeah, so he has an address. The gold dialing through dies down. They try to dial back out, but they are too slow. Is they, uh... Because it is quicker to dial with a DHD <laughs> than it is with a hobbled together computer system. I don't knock them for trying because of course you have to try. Uh-huh. But it is pretty impressive to me that they actually seem to think there's a chance. <laughs> it's like, guys, come, come on. To be fair, Sam even knew she's like, this is not gonna work probably. Yeah. Right. You had to try. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, they're on like the fifth symbol, I think. Uh, four. I remember saying four. Okay, four. Uh, they're on the fourth symbol when the gate engages again from the other side. They have to close the iris again, and they have to wait another, Sam figures out, 38 minutes before they can dial out again. And they're like, I don't, 
the, the ship has landed on our on our mountain. I don't think we can hold out that long. It's G-dogging us, man. We're screwed. So they figure out that if they're going to... Oh, there's a firefight in the hallway trying to hold off the gold. We get our first reveal of Teal from this world. Meanwhile, they're trying to figure out, okay, if we can get one more dial through, what do we do with that? Jack, of course, being gung-ho military man general, is like, well, we have their home world, right? Let's let's send another bomb through that. And Danny's like, how would that help? Yeah, first off, that wouldn't do anything. Second off, what? You have one chance, and you're just going to waste it with that? And um, so then they're thinking, okay, well, we get people off-world instead. While they're talking about this, they actually have Daniel's video playing in the background on a TV. Because yeah, uh, it was like, a slightly different camcorder, so they couldn't get the thing hooked up or something at first. And then all of a sudden, they all found a cable that worked. Yeah, so they're watching his video recordings from that side. And they're seeing short-haired military Sam, and they're seeing Teal on their team and everything, and um, just, like, marveling at what they're seeing. Sam's doing that, like, wonders of science reaction yeah. again, like she had for Tin Man. And Daniel... I do love the wonder in her voice. Yeah. It resonates. And I love the way that Michael Shanks does this whole scene, because you can you can see where he's like, okay... This is a really selfish thing for me to even bring up, but I have to try because it's important. And he basically, like, very, he navigates this really well where he basically goes, look, you have one shot, and this is really selfish of me to say, but none of this has happened on my world yet, and if you can get me back to the planet with the mirror and I can get back home, I can stop any of this from happening there. And it's just, they, they na- Robert C. Cooper navigates this scene so well. Yeah, he, Daniel could have come across as a selfish little baby child in this scene. Yeah, as he so often has before in other scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's charming in other scenes. Exactly, no, it's it. It's, it could have been something they fell back on, they didn't. Mm-hmm. It would have been wrong to fall back on that, obviously. Yeah, but not, not with how um, important no. this whole episode is. And we get another shot back to Teal going through the hallways, you know, progressing towards the gate and everything, and I had to write a note saying, Tilk has hair instead of goatee. Yeah, wasn't wasn't a goatee, but it was a god-awful oh, ponytail god. thing. I gotta admit, if anybody, he almost pulls it off, actually. That's just because Christopher Judge looked great in that cape. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't look bad on him. It didn't, however, remind me way too much of Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the shave, yeah. You know, but without, you know, the mohawk part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get ya. It was rough. <laughs> so basically, Jack figures out that, okay, they're like, so Daniel says, like, I might be able to save my world. Jack asks Sam how much more time until we can dial out again. And she says, like, 20 minutes at that point. And he's like, okay, well, so the whole, the whole argument is pointless. We're not gonna survive that long. And Daniel's like, okay, but Teal'c is here now. And if you can get anything to slow down their assault, it could be Teal'c. Because Teal'c turned on them once. Yeah. And Jack basically realizes, like, so you need you need me to go explain this alternate world thing to him and see if he'll stop. Like, Jack knows he has to be the one to do it. Yes. And you can even see when he's saying this, he's going, this, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die doing this. This is, this is a one-way trip. But he also doesn't have any hesitation 
Um, he, you know, basically tells everyone else to hold down the fort while he goes off to do this. Um, him and Sam hug as he leaves. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that they should have been, like, some big emotional thing, but I like how they, are, the characters are very clearly accepting of their fate. Uh-huh. Because it's, okay, she just goes, Jack, they hug, and that's kind mm-hmm. of it. Like, they've already kind of said their goodbyes, you can tell, and they're already Absolutely. kind of... They've already kind of said it. I, I like it. I like it's. Yeah. It's very nice and balanced. It's. It, it is a lot like to see each other. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna do something. And but they've already said goodbye. And Catherine looks at Daniel and goes, "I take it they're not engaged in your world." And he just goes, "No, no." <laughs> oh, and his face like, "No, no, 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 no." My troubled twin and my dad are not engaged. No, <laughs> that would be an awkward family. <laughs> yep. So Jack runs into Teal. And starts trying to explain things to him. Like, he basically does, like, a I surrender kind of thing. I think that Tilk once again proves, though, even in an alternate reality, that he's first prime for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because he is actually 100% calm and collected Absolutely. as he lets this guy talk. Mm-hmm. And actually yeah. goes into a room with him to yeah. watch the video. He even if he was, you know, him. pretty damn sure it was still going to end with that guy dying. He still gives him the respect of like, his adversary. Absolutely. No, I love it. It's, it's, nice. it's very in character for him. Yeah. Teal'c is a professional. And it also shows that, like, even now, he still doesn't really like what he's doing. Right, yeah, he'll he'll, he'll take that moment, that yeah. possibility. He has that open mind. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, um, Jack takes Teal'c off to your room to show him the video that Daniel took, uh, proof of the alternate world. Meanwhile, Catherine tells Sam to go get the remote for uh, the mirror, because Daniel could probably use it, and tells Daniel to get down to the gate because it's going to be down to a split second, so he needs to be able to run through. <laughs> he needs to be there when they dial through. Oh, they make a point of Sam saying that she wrote like a program to make it dial okay, faster. Yeah. Five seconds yeah. faster. Something like that. She said exactly five seconds faster. Yeah. I remember that. This before after they finally do the what I call the angel choir singing moment where they finally announce for the first time it's established that a wormhole can be kept active for thirty eight minutes. Oh, that was a while ago. That was that was after the last time they the the thing right. died and yeah. they dialed through again. She's like, well, last time they kept it open for thirty eight minutes. There you go. Yes, and we've already we've established we you and I have yeah. those, but I'm really happy that they actually managed to get it in there before the end of the first season. That yeah, it's one, one more world building type fact mm-hmm. that. And it, it slots in naturally because it has to do with the plot line of the episode. Exactly. And then later it comes into play with that one where the, that one guy keeps redialing the gate. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, I just it was a little tiny detail. It was very very useful for two more shows after that. Someday, millennia from now, when we watch Stargate Universe together, um, one of my favorite fucking scenes is towards the end of the first episode mm-hmm. where the ship uh, was automatically going to go into hyperspace. Mm-hmm. But if the gate's locked in, it doesn't do that. Yeah. And they need they had people solve, like running, trying to get to the gate in time. The only way to keep it was, <laughs> Eli, put your arm into the event horizon. What? <laughs> put your arm in. It'll keep the gate open. Because it knows that it's not complete. And then, then we have the additional, like, 20-something minutes. Oh, my before. God. So that'll buy you that little bit of time. And then, they're, they're, when, they're, when they're getting out to the count, like, the, like the final seconds, you can see there's a background. Like, he, it's, it's great. It's even better. He's, it's like a desert plant thing, too. It's like, all chased. He's all sunburned. He has his arm in the thing. He's, like, keeping his arm in. Kudos to him. And he goes, come on! <laughs> like, like, really whiny. Like, come on already! Like, you can, like, see him, like, flinching. He's just, and he's, like, he's expecting his arm to Yeah, scared. no, I don't blame him. And so he's just like, with a scared, whiny voice, just going, come on! 
gotten the gold star for that mission. <laughs> it was great. MVP ball goes to Eli for almost losing his arm. <laughs> David Blue is an underrated actor. He did such a great job with the character of Eli. Fun. I can't wait. That sounds he like is, a lot of fun. He is my favorite character in the whole show. I'm already invested in this character, so... <laughs> Come on! <laughs> yeah, so, I had to tell you that. Amazing. Okay, so, um, Jack is explaining the video to Teal'c, and Teal'c's starting to be like, oh, this is a lie, blah, 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 and, and Jack tries to be like, no, 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 you know, Daniel's told me about the you in the other world, how you're a good man, how you've done all these things to protect, and he makes the mistake here <laughs> of mentioning Teal'c's wife and son. The um, moment Jack does that, you can realize Jack goes, shit. <laughs> I can feel the whole room go, uh-oh. Because Teal turns to him and goes, I just got a notification from my homeworld that you threw, sent a bomb through and my wife and son are dead. So, <laughs> and uh, what do you know? Shoots Jack. After yeah. a really cool little Hitchcock zoom. Yeah, oh, it's a great little zoom on Jack's face. It's real good. Like I was saying, I like this this director. I hope we see more from him. It's, uh, it's um... He's done 12 episodes between this and SGA. Nice! 12. Not a whole bunch, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah it's and just... this is the only episode Kemper's done. You gotta see this far yet. Yeah. Yeah. Farscape after that. That's fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so Jack gets shot. <laughs> With like a bazooka kind of staff weapon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's giant. It's a uh, battering ram in the form of a... In, in the form of a staff weapon. Yeah. Uh, so he gets shot, then we see... Turret! There we go, yeah. A turret, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, and then, and that's when Catherine decides to hold the diamond computer and send Sam after the remote. And we go to Sam in the room where the remote was, surrounded by gold, and she's holding the remote in her hands. And I love this scene so much, because I, I like, I love it for two reasons. The writing and the directing. And the acting, so three reasons. But the directing is this just, like, slow spiral around her in the room where you're just getting a look at her face as she's talking but you're also seeing all of the gold surrounding yeah, her yeah. it's a really good yeah. shot it was the camera work in this was pretty fucking stellar uh-huh. absolutely like i was saying before it's nothing like nothing crazy like yeah, but it was but still it was all very confident camera work yeah. just really strong camera work he it knew swoopy, but he good. knew what every scene needed yeah, so you got that camera work going on, and you've got um, Amanda Tabbing acting her ass off in this scene, and then you have the writing, which is so good, because the scene opens with it looking like she is selling Daniel out yeah. for her for her life. She's going, I, I have this right here, it's a, a way to get to another reality where you can build, and she's like just laying it all down, like just giving them all the information. It looks so much like she's selling them out. So that thing you do, like, when you're trying to lie, you mix in truth. Mm-hmm. So and then she real. even hands the remote over to one of the gold wolves. Like, here, take it. And then, with her hand free, she reaches behind her back to pull out a grenade from her back somewhere. I don't know where. Uh, I believe she had it strapped to her back. It's fine. Sure, yeah. They're in the middle of a siege. But she pulls out a grenade and says something about, uh, blow us all to hell. I don't know her exact... Oh, it was Daniel's grenade. Aside from the gun and the grenade. <gasps> yes! Because she was in the room exactly. and just, oh my, it's, it's Cooper, Daniel's grenade. Cooper gave us a Chekhov's gun. That was amazing. Fuck that. God damn So I guess it was a real explosive. They gave Daniel an explosive grenade. You're stupid. I know. Like, it came to play nicely mm-hmm. here, but... Jeez. That's so good. I'm so glad you figured that out. So what must 
on the table yeah, with exactly, the other stuff. Exactly. She just grabs it off the table. Exactly. She picked up the remote, used it to cover the fact that she had a grenade. Handed it over the remote. Blew everyone in that room up with herself. Like I said, melancholy as shit, but damn, that was it's badass. such a good dramatic scene. It is one of my favorite badass moments for Sam, and it's not yeah, even our Sam. It's she an alternate reality Sam. It. No. Mm-mm. Soldier or not, she's still exactly. Sam. Exactly. I love it. Oh, I love that scene with her so much. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, so we get that great scene, and then we see Daniel waiting in the embarkation room, you know, glancing around, like, time at the time. Providing shots for the uh, intro sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Him running in dramatically and everything. Uh, and then he looks up to see Catherine um, in the dialing room and as some gold come in and yeah. start to swarm around her. And just as they do, the the uh, last, last door. door goes down and that's all, that's the last we see of her. But I love you how you were pointing out that um, all of our, all of our team, all of our big players die slightly off. But we never actually see them die. Yeah, which is good. I didn't the only that. one we do is we see Hammond with a blast wound on his chest. Right, but you don't see the death. Moment but we actually death. see him after death. We no, don't yeah. see any of the death, other yeah, yeah. He's the only one we see after death specifically, but I do like that we never really see any of them yeah. die. It's, it's, it's well overdone. Shot. I like it's it. overdone way of doing things. And like, for example, on the Knox episode, it's a little annoying how they focused on it. Yeah. So I like they did do mm-hmm, that with this. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. It can undercut the tension when you do the dramatic death scenes. So mm-hmm. this way it's the drama, but the but the heavy drama. Speaking version. of tension, this next scene. Yeah. So Daniel's in the room. The gate finishes dialing through just as Teal'c manages to get into the room. And there's a great five, ten seconds where they lock eyes. And you can see, because Teal'c did see the video, he did see that, like, oh, this is the guy who was recording me and, like, knew me in that other world. And you can see this, like, softening happening in his eyes. This, like, what-if hopefulness when yeah. he looks at... It's amazing. Christopher Judge is an amazing fucking actor. Because it's all in his eyes. The rest of his face doesn't change at all. But in his eyes, you're, you just see, like, that that melancholy hope and wish for another another world. When he's looking at Daniel. It's so good. But then the gate finishes dialing through. And Daniel stares at Taylor for a second. And then just turns and runs. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, where well, you're not supposed to run away from wild animals. Tilk's <laughs> like, oh, fuck, and fires at him. I do like how at this one moment Tilk has stormed her brain. Yeah. Well, he gets him in the shoulder. He actually hits him. True. Captain Phasma loves Yeah, yeah he's brain. got Captain Phasma in. Um, so he shoots at Daniel, gets him in the shoulder. Daniel tumbles through. And this directing again is so freaking great because after Daniel runs through and escapes through the gate, all we get is like this slow pan upwards that we see the entirety of the gate room as you hear the self-destruct sequence for the whole mountain countdown. And there's no other noise. It's just the voice counting down. And you just see this wide shot of the room and the gold all just looking around the room like, well, what do we do now? And then you go, three, two, one. And then the screen goes white. The fade to white effect has always been the most painful for me because it it encompasses what's happening yeah. very well. And it's just, it's so well done. But I guess this is a, for me, I, it's it's a weirdly heavy episode. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so weird that it's not even the penultimate episode, yeah. that we have politics still to get through. Yeah, at least, at least the last three are a nice tight bam, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Daniel gets through. 
immediately call out, oh, he, he manages to get to the mirror and touch the mirror, but then immediately collapses once he's through the mirror. Well, yeah, getting tased on top of getting shot. Yeah, I don't blame him. Uh, but the team manages to find him, and it's it's great because, like, they had literally just been in that room, yeah. and then walked back out, like, have you seen no, him? No, I haven't seen him. And then they hear a uh, yell come from the room they just left. And they go back and they find Daniel laying on the ground with a blast wound on his shoulder. And they're like, what? What the, what the hell happened? And they find like a crumbled up note of um, an address in his hand. And Daniel basically gives them a warning. He's like, they're coming. They're, they're coming. coming. Like, yeah, a little over dramatic, but it's fine. I, I feel like I this episode has earned it at this point. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why they did so. Yeah, that's how the episode ends. Yeah. It's a great freaking cliffhanger ending. No, it's, it's, yeah, we are in a lot of trouble. They're coming. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm, I've, I've always been a fan of this episode. Okay, so, with all of that done, with us done with the episode itself, um, let's go with, well, here's another, here's, I love how often we have these, like, Does this hypothetical, count? yeah, exactly, <laughs> death tally. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with it. Okay, well, here's, okay, so if we're saying that it counts for them, does it also count for Egypt, Daniel? Mm-hmm. Okay, so everyone died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Everyone Shows up for everyone. Well, then, oh yeah, because I was about to say, well, no, Teal, but Teal got self-destructed, so yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone died in this episode. Yep. Yeah. Good showing. <laughs> like all good first seasons, there's on cliffhanger. With everyone dying. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we have a death tally for the entire team. Yay! Uh, are you a Jack or a Daniel? What was that one thing that Daniel at one point says something, and I just went, <laughs> just like me. I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not a Jack in this one. No, he's too. He's 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 doing his best to echo Kurt Russell's mm-hmm. interpretation. I actually thought Daniel. that was another that was a point I made. I was I liked that he was doing like emerging of his own Jack and Kurt Russell's. Yeah. Which he never really bothered with before now. Right. But because this is a Jack that never met Daniel in the movie. It would be a very Kurt Russell yeah. type character. I liked it. It was no, good. It was genius, honestly. It sounds right. But yeah, we, we both spent a lot of any of his decisions being like, Jack, what does that help? That doesn't help anyone. <laughs> so I think we're both Daniels in this one. Yeah. For me, it's, uh, there we go. This, uh, that was right. It was the reaction when he sees uh, Sam and Jack hugging. He's Turns around to Catherine, like, what the fuck? And then she says, yeah, I take it to that age. No! <laughs> that whole awkward I love, that's I love his delivery of doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I felt that. So, for once, I'm a Daniel. We're both Daniels. Yeah, but I've never. Go been. Team Daniel. Alright, um. Joaquin Phoenix. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I love this episode. This is one of my top season one episodes. I have a heavy heart, but two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, with that all taken care of with this episode, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Notless, or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com, or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find the links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes, and if you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris, and until next time.